Thursdays on Locked On NBA podcast, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore are telling you whose NBA stock is up and whose down. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, women's basketball fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to give you the player and the coach of the month, rookie of the month. We're going to talk about that. We are going to hear from one of those particular uh, of the month winners, monthly award winners. I don't know. Whatever. Either way. And then, of course, I am going to give you the 25 players that I selected for the W for the W25 honors that will be bestowed this Sunday at 3 p.m. on ABC. All of that coming up right here on Locked on Women's Basketball. All right, we are in a brand new month. Happy September, everyone. I don't actually know if I said that yesterday. Don't usually record on Wednesdays or drop an episode on Wednesday, but uh, dropped one yesterday. Have one for you today on Thursday, September the 2nd. Congratulations. We made it to the fall. I guess almost. It's not officially uh, the fall. It's gotten cold, so I'm going with it. Anyway, we have a Kia WNBA Rookie of the Month to announce, and this, of course, is the Rookie of the Month for the month of August, and that is none other than New York Liberty Rookie out of the University of California, Los Angeles, Michaela Onyenwede. Now, the Liberty didn't have a great record. They went 1-6, but Michaela Onyenwede had six points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game to win the Kia WNBA Rookie of the Month. If Howard or Jackie Powell is listening, I know you will appreciate this. Wouldn't it be nice if someone named Kia won a Kia Award of the Month? Now, we don't have any rookies named Kia, at least not this season. We used to, including in New York, but uh, those days are gone. Uh, Anyway, I digress. So congratulations to Michaela Onyanwede, the rookie of the month for the month of August. Oh, but wait, there is more. We also have your coach of the month. We're feeling it over here on the East Coast, East Coast chillin'. That's because your coach of the month for August is none other than Connecticut Sun coach and general manager, Kurt Miller, I talked about it yesterday. A nine-game win streak. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Seven of those wins came in the month of August. Listen, you know, we know better than to disrespect Connecticut. They're on that nine-game win streak. Sit at the top of the table, 21-6. and But let's go back to our our man, Kurt Miller. We're missing out on on Swaggy Kurt. We're missing the game day drip. We got to go with the uniforms, I guess, for the games. But if you watch the pregame and postgame sometimes, you'll see Coach Swag it out. 7-0 during the month of August. That's Kurt Miller leading his team to the top of the table. You know, a lot of people were like, well, dang, Connecticut. Thought she was going to do something, Connecticut. Then they get spanked in the Commissioner's Cup by a Seattle Storm team that some people are wondering. I talked about this yesterday. Should we be concerned about the Seattle Storm? You know, we're going to get into that a little bit more because I recorded yesterday's podcast before I actually got to speak with Noel Quinn and Jewel Lloyd. Uh, so I want to I want you to hear from them and uh, how they're feeling right about now. Are they feeling funky? Are they feeling froggy? What's going on in Seattle? Seattle's taking on New York today, so that'll be exciting. But before I do that, I had the chance to talk to Michaela Onyenwede, uh, I guess it was last week, about her rookie campaign, some of the things that she wanted to address about her game coming into the WNBA and how she thinks that's been going. We also, of course, talked about her being up for potentially rookie of the year and how she approaches that day by day. So here we go with your rookie of the month for the month of August, Michaela Onyenwede. 
as we're coming into the, the last stretch of the regular season, just wanted to check in. How's, uh, how's this first year treating you? Yeah, it's been great. I think I've had, I think I couldn't have been drafted into a better situation. Uh, just the organization, the coaches, my teammates, the city, um, just everything that I've been able to experience so far in Brooklyn has been like something I couldn't even dream of. And so um, I'm just really grateful to be here. Um, looking forward to, you know, continue to finish the season and continue into next year that I'm here as well. And, you know, coming into the season, what were some of the things that you really wanted to focus on? And how is that all, how's that evolved as you've gotten a few WNBA games under your belt? Yeah, at first it was kind of just for me, just like doing what I could for my team. Um, just kind of contributing in any way I can. And then I was kind of just like thrown into a starting position. And I was like, oh, wow, this is far more than I even expected. And so still continuing to do what I need for my teammates. But I think I've been on a more magnified level because I do. I am assigned a lot of like hard, hard people to guard. And, I signed a lot to do as far as just like on the defensive end and just being able to do that, do my job. So it's definitely exceeded my expectations, but I'm really, really grateful, like I said. And you've also caught the attention of, of other people and people have tossed you in as one of the rookies to watch for Rookie of the Year. Do you pay attention to any of that? What kind of is your approach? Uh, no, not really. I think I, even in like college and high school, uh, when those accolades were you know mentioned or kind of brought up, I just try my best to focus on like what's the most important thing. I just do what I can for my teammates. And um, once you focus on those things a little bit, you can you can kind of detract your attention away from the team. And so that's the last thing I want to do. And so obviously that'll be a really cool opportunity and accomplishment. But like right now we're just focused on like finishing this this last season, finishing against you know Phoenix and just doing really well. And so sometimes you know it can can be hard as a human to try to like oh okay like that would be really cool. But right now just being able to focus on right what's right in front of me. And with that, then how? Would you quantify, or what is your goal for finishing your rookie season and being able to call it, on your standards, on your terms, a success? I would say being able to make the playoffs for us. That's like my, the ultimate, like, whatever else happens, like, that's the most important thing for us as a team. Um, I think we've just done so well. We, we have we have areas to grow, but I think overall our trajectory of the of our games have been really, really well. We're obviously learning learning each other still, growing in our in, in like our chemistry and stuff like that together. But making the playoffs is the ultimate goal. I think that would definitely deem it a successful season. And even if we don't, um, I think that we've grown even from the past year to now, being able to like grow with our teammates and kind of get along with not to get along with our teammates, just work with our teammates and grow into like a new identity in that way. And then final question, also have noticed as much as I notice what you do on the court, when you're on the sidelines, you go hard for the team. You know, tell me about that and, and just um, what does that bring as far as when you're not necessarily in a game for yourself or what you hope it brings for your teammates and even the fans? Yeah, I've always been like that, just like in high school and college or ever really since I played, started playing sports. Uh, just being able to be really happy for my teammates is super important for me. And I think it brings a different like level to the game where it's like we want to be competitive, we want to have joy, we want to be really happy for our teammates. And so all of that together makes a great, really great experience. And so, yeah, you'll see me and my teammates on the bench acting crazy, cheering for our teammates, being super loud. I think that's so important, you know, at, at, for a team that wants to be successful, just having that joy and having that kind of like cheerful spirit on the side. Thank you, thank you. In addition to Rookie of the Year and Coach of the Year, we also got our Excuse me. In addition to Rookie of the Month and Coach of the Month, we also got our Players of the Month. That is John Quell Jones and Sylvia Fowles. You might hear a little bit about both of them coming up a little bit later on Locked On Women's Basketball. But let's send it over to Noel Quinn and Jewel Lloyd to close out this first block. And are they worried? about where Seattle stands as of right now. Uh, going off of what Percy said, I, I wanted to ask you what the coaching staff, what the approach is. Um, because on the one hand, we know that these last handful of seasons have been different than anything you certainly experienced as a player. But on the other hand, fatigue, emotional or otherwise, is a part of playing professional basketball, especially as a women's basketball, uh, elite level women's basketball player. So I'm, I'm just curious if there are any things that, that you are trying to incorporate to do a little bit different at this particular point of the season that you might not have done, uh, you know, earlier. All hands on deck. Um, I think, you know, therapy, treatment, and all those things are super important. Um, you know, sacrificing 45 minutes of a, 
practice to maybe just go a little bit shorter, but sharper, more uh, same intensity level and just kind of get through things in a way that um, we can save legs. You know what I mean? We are at the latter part of a season where it's not necessarily quantity, meaning two hours worth of just working more so than quality within that work, whether we can learn from film, learn in a shorter amount of time. And I think that's most important, just kind of trying, trying to find ways to help their bodies more. Um, their minds are there, their hearts are there, the spirit is there. I'm not questioning that, that's there. It's just like the, the, the physical of trying to just get over that hump is what's kind of the focus right now. And so just maybe taking a little bit more effort and um, focusing a little bit more on that aspect of our athletes right now. Hey, and then just to that right there, just the like timing of it, you know, just, just with the thing that, they, that you just said there, hey, if this was happening in May, you know, there probably wouldn't be this, oh, the sky is falling type of a deal, but it's September now. And so it has a different feel or, or is it different? I don't know. Tell me. I mean, we're in playoffs, right? Yeah. You know, you want to make playoffs and then it's a new season. So obviously you want to be playing your best basketball towards that buildup. And I think, you know, we're not far from that. You know, we just hit a rough patch and um, it happens to teams, but it's not about, you know, this, we know what we're capable of. We know we've been in this, this situation uh, a lot. Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of used to this feeling. Uh, maybe the fans aren't or people outside of this circle isn't, but you know, we know what we get it going and we're confident in that. Are you getting the, uh, are you feeling the sense of urgency that you think um, is needed at this time of the year? Uh, again, it just feels that as these games, they're just different from the games in May and in, in June that these, you know, things get a little bit more heightened. I mean, you want to be playing your best basketball towards the end, right? Because you want to go into playoffs feeling good and confident. Um, like I said, we, we faced a lot of stuff and we've been in this position where we've got close to the wire and had to figure out how ways, ways to win. So, I mean, um, you know, I don't, I think that we understand what's on the line. We understand um, we don't feel like we're playing our best basketball right now. But like I said, these last couple of days of practice have been good for us to get back to the basics. And, um, you know, we're, we're ready for um, next couple of games. All right, so there you have it. Noel Quinn, Jewel Lloyd especially, not worried about it. So should we be concerned about Seattle? Not yet. Not yet. They are playoff bound. We know that for sure. I ran through that yesterday, but even as of yesterday, that has been updated. So I'm going to give you the standings again before we head into the B block. So I mentioned Connecticut Sun at the top of the table, 21 and 6. Las Vegas Aces, 19 and 7. Some unfortunate news, though, for the Las Vegas Aces. Liz Cambage, who is fully vaccinated, also tested positive for COVID-19 and is in covid protocol. Seattle Storm, you just heard from them. They're at 18 and 10. The Minnesota Lynx have also clinched a berth to the 2021 playoffs. They sit in fourth place at 16 and 9. The Phoenix Mercury at 16 and 10. Chicago at 14 and 13. The Dallas Wings 11 and 15. The New York Liberty 11 and 17. And then 9 through 12, they're on the outside looking in as of right now. That is the Washington Mystics at 10 and 16, the Los Angeles Sparks at 10 and 17, and the Indiana Fever and Atlanta Dream both knotted at 6 and 19. Coming up next on Locked on Women's Basketball, I am going to give you my W25 my official list, and then you can scream and holler on social media about it. <laughs> All right, so there's a few things in life just that aren't really that fun to talk about. One of them, of course, is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirt for absolutely no reason and you happen to be recording on YouTube and everyone can see that you're wearing a gray shirt with pit stains, yeah. Not so great. Not, not that I know from personal experience. But when I speak in public, I can't help but sometimes get a little bit sweaty. I get excited about what I'm talking about, uh, or maybe I'm just a little bit nervous about 
uh, who I'm talking in front of. But, uh, you know, let's be honest. In that moment, it feels kind of like a big deal. Yeah, everyone sweats, but, like, does everyone need to see me sweat? Well, I'll tell you what. Sweat Block has these antiperspirant wipes that I have been trying out. I know I've talked to you about my little doggos and running around after that. You see how I call them my doggos? They're actually my mom's puppies. Anyway, um, running around with doggos or just being on YouTube now that we are integrating onto YouTube, I want to stay fresh and clean, clean. So the sweat block antiperspirant wipes have been great for that. If you need something stronger and more effective, um, then most clinical antiperspirants, I would also recommend the sweat block deodorant. I've been checking that out for a while too. I know it sounds a little too good to be true, but I understand you can put on sweat block the night before you wake up, take your shower, and you don't even need to reapply for another seven days. So go check out our friends at sweatblock.com. You can use promo code locked on today for 20% off at sweatblock.com. You can also find Sweatblock at Amazon or CVS. If you're like me and my family, everyone kind of buys into their streaming service and then we pretty much just share all of the information. I mean, sharing is caring, right? So uh, you've got one device, though, that's set up on the Lynx game. You've got another device that's streaming the Liberty game, and then you've got the Phoenix device on your television. We know the struggle is so real for women's basketball fans. So now I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all of your entertainment that you love without the hassle. And that is to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy other devices ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And remember, compatible devices are required and content varies by package. All right, folks, here we go. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, of why the sea is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings. Okay, it's not really that time, but I watched Harriet the Spy, like, basically on replay, and I don't know, that's what came to my head. Anyway, um, <laughs> here is my top 25 I'm just going to run through the names that I have highlighted. So this will be in alphabetical order. So it's not necessarily in any order in particular to me, but this is as they are listed alphabetically. First one, retired player, uh, four championships with Minnesota, Simone Augustus. If you hear people who know the Minnesota Lynx and the run the Minnesota Lynx made, you know then of the sacrifices in some real ways that Simone Augustus made to, I don't want to say diminish her game, but to accept and embrace a different role as to make way for, in particular, Maya Moore. That type of leadership, whilst also being able to perform at the highest level, which many would argue is winning championships, is not only commendable, not only honorable, but it is what makes sports great. So yeah, Simone Augustus on that list. Sue Bird. Um... Some might say a similar story. If you ask Sue, and I have, um, you know, she, oh, I, I, I've heard this story and then I had to ask Sue Bird about it. But Sue Bird was very close to um, coming back home to the East Coast, specifically coming to the New York Liberty, because she wasn't winning. She was not winning in Seattle. Um, so on the one hand, you have Simone Augustus kind of bought into it. On the other hand, you have a very real situation and scenario with Sue Bird, and she's been honest and open about it. Listen, I didn't know if, if I was going to win here. I want to win. Can I do it here? 
and she was asked to hold out. And the difference in getting over the hump, because she had already won with Lauren Jackson, but there was that lull. Um, the difference was Brianna Stewart and the Seattle Storm having that number one pick as Stewie was coming out of UConn. So you cannot deny the impact that Sue Bird has had on the WNBA on and off of the court. I think also Sue Bird is kind of the last of a very specific breed of point guard that we have seen in the WNBA. If you are a long-term listener, you know I hate this notion of positionless basketball. I don't understand teams that have so many guards but not a dang point guard to save their life. I mean, that's why I appreciate what Courtney Vandersloot does. That's why I appreciate what Sue Bird does. Um, I, I just really like that kind of basketball. So there you go, Sue Bird. Dewana Bonner. Now, I mentioned Dewana Bonner before. How much of what Dewana Bonner is doing is because she was on Phoenix, Diana Taurasi, Brittany Griner. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And how much is it because Dewana Bonner is just doing Dewana Bonner things? I think the best comparison is now that she's not with Phoenix. She's with Connecticut. Connecticut has not had a bonafide superstar in the same way that Phoenix has, that Seattle has had over the years, um, that the Minnesota Lynx have had. The Connecticut... Son play a very, um, they play a team game, which I love too. The sum of all the parts is greater than each individual. And Dewana Bonner is still finding a way. She is looked to a lot on that team. And I think she struggled with that in the wobble. But I think she's finding her way. She's finding her role. And that's going to be an elevated role than it was in Phoenix. But it's still a role that she has to play, and I feel like she's not she's not pushing it. She's not forcing it as much with the Connecticut Sun as she was in the first season. Swin Cash. Thank God, Miss Swin Cash. Listen, 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 listen. I ain't even got time in this. I, I need a whole Swin Cash episode. I will ride hard for Swin in pretty much all things. I have not come across something where I'm not going to get down with Swin Cash. Been on that tip since she was at UConn. Remained on that tip when she became an executive for the New York Liberty. And uh, we, we still rolling. We still rolling with Swin Cash. Not to mention worst to first Detroit shock. You want to talk about Stewie making an impact for Seattle? That was Swin Cash for bad boy Bill and Beer and the Detroit shock. Know your history. Get up with it. She won multiple times with Detroit, won with Seattle. Let's go Swin Cash all day, er day. What else can I say? Tamika Catchings. Like, uh, can we move on? Like what? No. Two-way player, two-way game, strong. Doesn't have as many championships as some of the other people listed on here, but stuck, stuck, stuck. There we go. Stuck with her team, stuck with Indiana, came back from an ACL that stifled her in her first season to be a champion, to be a leader, great court leader, great demeanor, like, Ah, aggressive but like not like rude about it either like I mean I never played against her you know what I'm saying because like you got to forgive some things that people say when they're playing basketball but I feel like even if Tamika Catchings took it there like she had a way from of coming back some people <clears throat> like me they can't immediately come back like they get caught in the petty they get caught in the tea in the drama a little bit further than is necessary but I feel like catch not that person Tina Charles Listen, 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 listen. Tina can take over a game even when she doesn't have to. The balance for Tina Charles, especially with what we're seeing in Washington, is is she going to be around a team? Is she going to be around a franchise that can build a team around Tina Charles? Not the situation in Washington. That's what she was hoping for in New York. 
That's what she didn't need to have in Washington, but she has been a go-to with the injuries that that team has sustained. Bettina Charles has done everything but win a championship, wishing her the best. Cynthia Cooper raised the roof. Not only a four-peat WNBA champion, but a four-peat MVP, baby. There are not a lot of true guards that have been MVP of the WNBA. I've talked about that a few times this season. I have a lot of feelings about that, but Coop is one of them. Sylvia Fowles. Yo, Sylvia Fowles is like low-key an OG. She's low-key a goat. Like sometimes people forget because, you know, she's sweet sill. She's sweet sill. Likes planting and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And she's not going to be boastful. She's of the ilk of a Simone Augustus, you know, but like when you step on the court with Sylvia Fowles, if you didn't know, now you know. That's Sylvia Fowles for me. Um, Yolanda Griffith. Same kind of like, ah, it's been a minute since I've seen some of those Sacramento teams play. But like, yo, you didn't mess with yo. You didn't mess with yo. Okay? Won a championship with the Sacramento Monarchs. Love that team. Brittany Griner. Now I know I get on Brittany Griner a little bit. I wish Brittany Griner would do Brittany Griner things more consistently because if she did, it's a wrap. Let me tell you, at that size, with that skill, with that swag, come on, Brittany. What are we talking about? What are we even talking about? Brittany Griner. She's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Uh, Becky Hammond. Now, this is a player, I'm not going to lie, I put in my, my bias. I remember watching New York Liberty games and I would tell my mom we were up in the stands in Madison Square Garden and I would turn to my mom like legitimately serious. I was like, mom, you need to go down to the, the court side and you need to tell the coach to put in Becky Hammond. Like y'all know if you listen to the podcast, if you know me in real life, you know, I am dead serious I would be like mom let's get our things let's go down to the court and tell the coach to put in Becky Hammond why is she coming off of the bench why is this not see and then she would go and I was like I told you what did I say let's go downstairs now and tell the coaches to put in Becky Hammond like that's my memory of Becky Hammond she goes on to be multiple time all-star for San Antonio and we see what she's doing on the NBA side of things. Is it fair to add that? Probably. Did I necessarily take that into consideration? No. I like Becky Hammond because being undrafted, going through the ringer in New York, I'm really hoping I get to write this story, y'all. I got a lot of things to say about the New York Liberty. Hoping I get to write this story. Going through the ringer at, in New York at that time to then be successful with not an expansion franchise, but a relocated franchise. Some people, when they think of the San Antonio stars, silver stars, whatever your vibe is, they think of Becky Hammond. And that work started in New York. To me, that is worthy of recognition and goes under-recognized in the WNBA. All right, let me give you three more before we continue on in the next block, in the C block. Lauren Jackson, Pfft, stop it. Lauren Jackson was already making waves for Seattle. Then she got Sue Bird. And them two, I, I feel like they're cool now, but like the way Sue tells it and she's kind of like mild about it. I need the full story, y'all, but. Um, like, yeah, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies and, you know, people popping Skittles at, at practice. Like they, they kind of beefed, but that goes back to what I was talking about with Allison Lucan and her story. You have to weather the storm. You have to have all of these personalities come together in the right way at the right time to get to your goal. Lauren Jackson was that player, had some injuries um, definitely was doing it for Team Australia, like Lauren Jackson. What else can I say? 
Jonquil Jones is the first player on this list that I think is more of an aspirational. I like the trajectory. Jonquil Jones is an MVP candidate this season. Questionably MVP or MIP in the last two seasons, but is an MVP candidate this season. Miss me all the way with, oh, she missed time, baka baka ba. No, 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 no. John Cole Jones, MVP candidate. I like her trajectory. She just needs to elevate that, do it more consistently, and maybe get a piece or two with Connecticut. But oof, extending that range to the outside, John Cole Jones can dunk on you and then drop a three-pointer in your eye. Stop it. Stop it. And then there's Lisa Leslie. <sighs> I hated watching the Sparks against the Comets and the Liberty growing up. And that was because of Lisa Leslie. The persona that comes with the name and, and it is associated with Lisa Leslie versus the what you got on the court are two different things. Lisa Leslie would ball out. Um, you know, like she, she would ball out. So, um, it, it, and that was a, gr a grimy, gritty LA franchise early on too. Like they didn't, they didn't play. The whole league honestly was like that, which is why that was my like WNBA. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I played. That's who I am. But Lisa Leslie, I mean, if you look at the numbers, another thing is that some of these names, right? Swin Cash, um, Sylvia Fowles, Brittany Griner, Becky Hammond, Lauren Jackson, they remain, and it's part of the criteria, but they remain in the top 40, the top 20, the top five for some of them in all-time stats for the entire league. Lisa Leslie is one of those players. So that's the left side of my ballot. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Oh, crap. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I gave you 14 of 25. So that means we should have 11. Let me just double check. Yep, we got 11 in the other column. And that I will give you coming up next on Locked on Women's Basketball. Remember, I'm going through alphabetically because that's how they're listed. Alpha order. This was went from 72 names that are eligible. to I got it to about 48, 52, somewhere in there. I narrowed that down to 32. From the 32, I have my top 25 that I submitted to the league. And on Sunday, we will find out who the overall W25 is as voted on by media. I think the players and coaches had a vote and the fans. But I'll give you my final 11 coming up next on Locked on Women's Basketball. It's that time again to talk about Built Bar. I woke up this morning and I found one of the grasshopper cookie flavors tucked away in the freezer. They came over the summer in the high heat here in New York City. So I put a few in the freezer so they wouldn't melt away because as you know, Built Bar, all of Built Bars are covered in chocolate. Uh, but found one this morning. So I got one of the specialty flavors. But as you know, I definitely love the double chocolate. Anything coconut is a favorite of my sister, Jessie. My mom really likes the raspberry and cookies and cream flavor. We are a Built Bar family. And that's because there's a flavor for everyone. But if you either like all of them or you don't know which that you like yet, I recommend the, big, the mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Regardless of the flavor you choose, you are getting something that has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories anywhere from 130 to 180 per bar and only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy not to mention built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team so go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order again that's Head over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
It's that time of year again, and almost all eyes are tuning in as football is back on the gridiron. Yep, the football season is getting underway. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get updated odds, props, contests, and speaking of contests, one of online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contests you can find over at betonline.ag. It's the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, and it's now open again at betonline.ag. So head to the website. You can use your mobile device. You can use your tablet. You can use your laptop, your desktop, whatever you got. Sign up today, and you will receive a 100% Welcome bonus. That means whatever you put in, you get it matched by 100%. Be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo. What is that? Well, if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose... Your wager will be refunded up to 25% or excuse me, up to $25 for new the next name, if there was ever like a top one, W top one, maybe you call that the goat. I don't know. I have an issue. I take issue and uh, exception with the goat conversation, greatest of all time and like how that plays out. But if I were to subscribe to such things, the goat. Ooh, now I'm going back on my thing. Okay. The GOAT of the WNBA is maybe a two-way tie for me between Cynthia Cooper, four straight championships, four straight MVPs, and Maya Moore. You have to take into account where the league was. Um, the league was competitive when it started, but for a different reason. Um, and it was very, um, and I think the WNBA still tends to lean on veteran leadership. Players like Sue Bird, players like Maya Moore, Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, they were rookies. Tina Thompson, rookies that had to make their way not only in a veteran league, but with very, um, strong veteran personalities on their team. Uh, I talked about Simone Augustus in the last block. Like, what? Maya Moore coming in with Simone Augustus? Sylvia Fowles already had an MVP when Maya Moore started playing with her? I mean, just, just, yeah. <laughs> I really don't know what else to say. I'm not, obviously not going through all of the stats and whatnot um, because people have their biases when it comes to certain stats, what matters. The bottom line is any player that has contributed to the four titles for the Houston Comets, the Seattle Storm, and the Minnesota Lynx is already um, upper echelon for me. So that's Sue Bird, four titles, with Seattle. Cynthia, Cheryl, Tina, four titles with the Houston Comets. Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, excuse me, four titles with the Minnesota Lynx. That's just upper, upper echelon. I really don't like Maya Moore, y'all. Like, come on. Maya Moore, period, period. Drops mic. Goodbye. Show's over. Okay, but it's not really because I got to get through another 10 names. Um, Neko Gumike. I talked about this in the first when I unveiled the 72. She's the only player to meet all seven criteria. For some people, that doesn't matter as much. But I mean, she's in the top 40 for multiple statistic categories, has been an MVP, been a champion, has been in, you want to talk about rivalries, has been in some massive rivalries in the league Los Angeles, Minnesota. I mean, you can't have a Minnesota Lynx without the LA Sparks. And you can't really have a Maya Moore without, in my opinion, a Neka Ogumike, Christy Tolliver, uh, 
Chelsea Gray point guard. Um, I mean, that's what makes those rivalries so great. So NECA, both show. Tisha Penichero. I like I like point guards. I mean, Tisha Penichero might be the most exciting point guard ever to play in the WNBA. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, yeah, yep, 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 yep. That's, that's what we're going with. Planette Pearson. Um, this is another one that I went back and forth on and, but Planette Pearson anchoring along with, uh, Rebecca Brunson, that, uh, Minnesota team. And I don't know, I probably, like, I kind of went through this fast. I maybe should have picked Brunson over Planet Pearson, but I, I said what I said. So there we go. But I, I just respect what it takes to, you know, be on, as they say in hockey, the wrong side of a certain age, whatever age is deemed respectable to still be competitive. Um, and to anchor a team, a young team, a team in transition, and to keep them competitive long enough for you then to turn that around into championships. Cappy Pondexter. Um, probably another one that I go back and forth with Cappy. Sometimes I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes I'm like, dang, why I forget about Cappy? But Cappy Pondexter is one of those people that when I start looking at the lists of individual teams or the WNBA and I see the impact statistically that this individual player has been able to have. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, even including recently that comes along with a Cappy Pondexter, but I mean, game recognized game and Cappy has game um, and has made an impact on the WNBA. Katie Smith, when you hear certain players talk, I think I mentioned this about Tina Thompson, but Katie Smith, the player, intense, um, hard to guard. There are not that many times where you have like an all-time leading scorer that will also annihilate your ass on defense. Uh, yep. So Katie Smith, Brianna Stewart, now, see, some of y'all going to come up on here and I'm have to keep muting y'all. Anytime I go back and forth about whether I think Asia Wilson was the best player for USA Basketball, which I wrote about it, go read about it. I said it. I'll say it again. Um, regardless of the fact that I hold to that truth, I in no way could ever dream of disrespecting Stewie's game. How do you do it? How do you do it? You want to you you want to talk about post players stepping behind the arc? Was was Stewie the first to do it? No, she's one of the the more consistent players in this time of the WNBA to do it. And so, if you have Stewie doing that now, then what is John Quan Jones going to do? Where where does that leave uh, Brittany Griner, Sylvia Fowles? Th th these are players that she's being guarded by might find on switches and stuff. And now they, and now they're like, Oh, I got to go out to the, to the arc. I mean, and the, the rings speak for themselves. Is that, uh, luck? Is it, uh, by design? Like <sighs> at some point it, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. Stewie's been handed a pretty good card. But you can be handed a good card and not do anything with it. And that has not been the case for Stewie. So, um, Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl Swoops. Um, one of the be better defenders in the history of the league. Alicia, uh, Alicia Clark, I've talked about. Al Alana Beard, I've talked about. Katie Smith, I just talked about. I love, uh, uh, excuse me, Tamika Catchings. My more not great on defense. That's my demerit for her. Uh, Diana Taurasi, not great on defense. Um, but she's also on my list. Uh, so Cheryl Swoops, though, also maybe a little bit of a bias here, but it's my favorite player growing up. Defensive, amazing. 
still could drop a triple double on your ass. Come on. If anything, I think people sometimes forget that she could also score. Drive into the hole. Like, come on, stop it. Stop it. Cheryl swoops all day. Diana Taurasi. Don't like Diana Taurasi's defense. Um, she doesn't have as many championships as other people here, but uh, much like the Phoenix Mercury and much like I said about uh, Brittany Griner, if you awaken the beast that lives inside of Diana Taurasi, heaven help you. It's it's over. It's over. She can take over a game at will. The reason she's not necessarily my goat is because and maybe it's just like I'm a I'm an on or off person. I'm you know, I'm either like chilling, not doing nothing, or I'm like bang 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 like going super like I don't have many gears. It's yes or no, on or off. We busting through the wall or we taking a damn nap. That's me. So sometimes I have difficulty understanding why a person as skilled and able to dominate a game as Diana Taurasi would ever turn that switch off. Why do you ever turn the switch off? Why? Why? And I'm learning as an adult. That's because that's impossible to sustain over time if you want longevity. So I don't know. I have a philosophical difference of opinion with how Diana Taurasi kind of turns on and off and goes hot and cold. But I mean, it's gotten her a pretty nice career. She's been plagued with injury. I don't uh, listen. Diana, I, I must have this picture of what it means to be retired in her head. And she knows that she's coming close to that picture, but I think she's still holding on to wanting it to go just the way it is in her mind and listen even with the injuries broken back broken sternum broken chest I'm not betting against it because if she unleashes the beast it's over it's over Lindsay Whalen another guard that just had a dynamic game not the best player on the court not the best player even in the league at the time, but DTSK could turn it on, sacrifice the body, got her teammates going. That's what a good point guard does. Some people like Tisha Penichero do it with flashy passing. Some people do it with like getting up in people's face, like teaspoon and grilling them in practice, in shoot around, in the game, and doing all of that in private, like grinding their gears so that when she could love up on them anytime they did something big publicly in a game. So Waylon, like, I feel like had a little bit of all of that. Um, and again, stats-wise, looking at the records as people like Diana Taurasi are just starting to surpass Tisha Penichero, are just starting to pass Katie Smith, Lindsey Whalen. Like that, that means something. That has to mean something when some of the greatest playing now and that have been the greatest for a long time are just now catching up to some of these players that have been retired for a while. I love it. Number 25 on my list. Also, a little bit of an aspirational person, someone I really believe is the future of this league, and that's Asia Wilson. I don't think that Asia is non-deserving of this. I think I talked about it two episodes ago. I tend to skew on, oh, this is something for people who aren't in the game anymore, and I had to really challenge that thinking because there are players now that already are on target to be as good, if not better, than some of the greats that are generally accepted to be the greatest that have ever played in the WNBA. And I think Asia Wilson is one of those players. That's my top 25. Um, no Teaspoon, no Slute, um, no Thompson, no Tolliver, and no Candace Parker. Okay, goodbye. That's the end of the show. Uh, I'll catch y'all next week. Um, I've talked about this before. I don't. I honestly don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a Tennessee thing. I don't know if it's that. You know, I, I kind of stepped away from the WNBA a little bit, and that's when Candace Parker was playing. I mean, yes, I can look at stats, and I can do that stuff. I'm an eye test. I'm a field person. Again, everyone on this list of 72 players had 
the credentials. They had the criteria. It's a matter of picking for me what it means to represent the best 25 players in the league. Candace Parker deserves to be on the W25. And so am I contradicting myself? Maybe. Some of y'all will be like, see, she don't know what she's talking about. Okay, well, you're a hater. Um, so hello to you. But um, it's hard. It's hard. Um, I acknowledge that I maybe have this, uh, and it's not, I don't have no hate. Candace Parker don't know me as far as I know. I mean, I ain't got no beef with her as far as I know. It's just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Candace Parker um, is an amazing player. It is definitely some type of unconscious, subconscious bias or block that I have that I don't always immediately think about Candace Parker at the top. I'm working through it, y'all. I'm working through it. But my list is my list. And we'll see how I did. I think there's some other people that I missed out on that, if not this year, in the future. I mean, Katie Douglas doesn't get the love she deserves. Cheryl Ford. I don't have Shamiqua Holdsclaw or Natasha Howard on this list. In an alternate universe, in the multiverse, there are so many amazing combinations that can be a W25 on this list. And if we keep the league going, eventually we'll get a lot of them on there. I think Elena Deladon. Elena Deladon, like, when she played for Washington, I was like, yo, why didn't y'all tell me about EDD? And folks were like, um, Erica, where you been? Like, we've been telling you about EDD. And I was like, well, I wasn't trying to hear it then, so you got to tell me again. Like, okay, just let me be surprised. Like, damn. Elena Deladon is kind of the truth. Unfortunately, we haven't always seen a healthy EDD. But when you get a healthy EDD, oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. So I know that, but she's not on my list. So that's my list. Uh, I'll say it one more time again. Simone Augustus, Sue Bird, Dewana Bonner, Swin Cash, Tamika Catchings, Tina Charles, Cynthia Cooper, Sylvia Fowles, Yolanda Griffith, Brittany Griner, Becky Hammond, Lauren Jackson, John Quell Jones, Lisa Leslie, Maya Moore, Neka Agumake, Tisha Penichero, Planette Pearson, Cappy Pondexter, Katie Smith, Brianna Stewart, Cheryl Swoops, Diana Taurasi, Lindsay Whalen, and Asia Wilson. Aunties W25. Join me Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Spotify Green Room, where you can absolutely wreck me for not putting your favorite on my W25 list, and then we can find out together who will be the W25. Until Sunday on Spotify Green Room, make sure you're following me at elinz08. If you follow me on Spotify Green Room, that's how you'll know when I go live, but it should be at 3 p.m. Eastern Time at elinz08 on Spotify Green Room. Until Sunday, this is Auntie signing out. Thank you so much for your support of Locked On Women's Basketball. <laughs>